Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the Glad I Heard That podcast. My name is Eric Farrell and I have the privilege of being able to be with a longtime friend of mine, Adam Furman. We've known each other about 17, 18 years, yeah. I think at this point. Uh, so we've had uh, a long history dating all the way back to, I would say, your early college years, right? Yeah, early mid, yeah, around Yeah, that there, was yeah. when you and I first met each other yeah. and used to drive around and, and go to different events and Bible studies together, right? No doubt. So um, I have the privilege of being able to um, interview him today about his story a bit, and I'm looking forward to the fact that you guys are going to get to know him a little bit more through this. Um, as we kind of learn a bit, little bit more about Adam's history, a little bit more about a particular story of something he experienced and about his hopes for the future and how God's been a part of that whole thing. And so I'm just excited for you guys to be able to hear a part of that. Um, so with that, what I'd like to do is for you to be able to get to know him. So Adam, if you would, um, please let everybody know like where you grew up, how long you've been at Faith and things like that. Sure. I... Um... I've lived in Troy since 1986. Um, I moved here with my parents, and um, my parents actually um, were members at Faith uh, since around 1979 or 78. I was born in 81, so um, Faith has really been the only um, church that I've known, and it's been a super great experience. Um, Anything else that you want me to add there? No, I don't think so. Um, okay. The other thing that I'd be interested for people to hear is, um, as you've experienced faith as a church, like what are, what would you say is the reason you've stayed here? Like what it, what's meant the most to you about this place? Well, I, I, I hate to be preaching to the choir here, but really <laughs> it's personal relationships. Um, I've developed such great friendships with pe people here over the years. Um, um, whether it be your predecessor, Justin, who was the head of the college ministry before you, you arrived. And then um, um, also I, I've been involved in various ministries over the years. I, I, um, I led the Grief Share um, support group for many years and really found my niche there. So the personal relationships giving back and uh, as always the bedrock of the um, story is just the fact that um, all of our um, interactions here are so Christ focused and just um, focusing on that gospel message um, but also um, underpinning that you know um, the law obviously there too that combination too was just a, a good balance so you've continually experienced that here yes definitely as a leader that's good to hear because that's something we focus on is yeah. making sure that relationships are valuable that people um, experience this as a place they can belong while also hearing truth and different yeah. things like that so I'm glad to hear that Adam what is it that you do for a living you touched on that you led grief share and there's a reason you led grief share you were picked for that for a specific reason what is it you do for a living yeah, I'm a licensed professional counselor for a um, nonprofit that works with individuals with um, disabilities like myself. Um, and I, my primary role there is right now individualized counseling, but I also um, run a mentoring program there too for individuals who've been through the mental health system and want to give back themselves. I uh, supervise them and um, 
as they're mentoring people, I oversee that process as well. So it's a really good experience for me professionally as well. Now, going from a good experience to a bad experience, if I may uh, transition, what's it been? Because uh, I, I know from knowing Adam a number of years, um, a big passion area for him is Detroit area sports. So whether that be you know professional or college, um, he follows it all. And um, I've had to actually scold him a couple of times over the years because he'll ask me what I think about Detroit uh, Lions football sometimes. And I said, let's not talk about that. We just, we're not gonna talk about that. What's it like been a Detroit uh, sports fan over the years for you? What do you enjoy most about it or more uh, appropriately the last few years, what have you not enjoyed the most well, about it? It's funny because I, uh, in my role as a counselor and uh, supervising that mentoring program, I sometimes talk to people about their coping strategies <laughs> and people ask, <laughs> invariably ask me my coping strategies. And I, I say that um, I follow Detroit sports, but for the last five years or so, it certainly hasn't been a positive coping strategy, <laughs> Not one bit. to say the least. Um, but I don't know, the Tigers are bumping around 500 right now, and there, there may be a, a little bit of hope on the horizon with the Pistons and the, and the Wings, but as you and yeah, I both know, yeah. there's n never any hope for the Lions. So the, the, It's pretty sad when all our excitement is around who they're going to draft next, right. not which playoff game we hope to win. So Yeah, I've, I've heard that called the Lions Super Bowl That's before right. it's draft day. That's so, so true. And I, I fully endorse that. And Adam's, if you run into Adam in the hallway, he's always good for a conversation about sports. Yeah. And uh, you will soon find yourself to be inadequate in your knowledge of it after uh, <laughs> listening to him for a bit. Um, another transition I'd like to make is um, I don't want to sit here and, and kind of go through your life story and, and not talk about your physical disability. Um, it's clear that you're in a chair and that you have a physical disability. It's something that I don't feel like I notice hardly uh, after knowing you for so long, but I don't want to ignore that. And so would you take uh, some time and kind of explain to people what your physical disability is? Yes, um, I have cerebral palsy. And, the, and for me, that was caused by a lack of oxygen to the brain, uh, largely because I was born three months prematurely. Um, and because of the cerebral palsy, I um, am unable to walk without support, and I um, need um, some assistance with a lot of physical things. And as you can see, I use an electric wheelchair, and I've used it since the age of four. Uh, and the one thing about Eric is that You've always been cognizant of the fact that I have a strong startle reflex as well. And so <laughs> I you, surprise you a lot. <laughs> yeah, so you've known over the years to give me a wide burst so I can right, see right, you right. when you're walking up to me right. so it doesn't look like I've um, been hit with a shot collar or anything like that. It's so. like that guy in Mr. Deeds. You remember the butler in Mr. Deeds? He yeah. would always, all of a sudden he'd be next to you and he'd say, he's very, very sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> he or, used to always uh, call himself that. Or, or that, that guy in Seinfeld that needed the Tic Tacs oh, in the, his pocket the or Seidler. something like that. Yeah. The Seidler. Yeah. Oh, classic. Yeah. Excellent. We often uh, banter about things from uh, our earlier days that many we used year, to enjoy. Many years ago. <laughs> many years yeah. ago, exactly. Um, one of the things I can tell you guys that um, I've admired there's many things, but I want to focus on a couple. 
One of the things that I've admired about Adam over the years is there's been a resilience and a patience about him. But at the same time, Adam, I don't want to make you out to be better than you are. <laughs> so you've been resilient and patient, but like you've also been very humble and willing to share your struggle, right? Like yeah. he'd been he's been resilient and patient, but like especially when you were a college student and in my ministry and then also transitioning into a leader within that ministry. There would be times after Bible study, we would talk and you'd say, Eric, this has really been heavy on my heart. And so you were transparent about that. You didn't go home and sulk about it. You valued the relationships you had and you leveraged those in a positive way, right? To help get you through different things. But one of the things that I experienced um, from knowing Adam is there, as a normal, I don't know how normal I really am, I guess, right? But um, not having a physical disability myself, um, there's been things that I've struggled with over the years and I've had a hard time with it. And then I admire or I observe, excuse me, the things that you've struggled with and they're just kind of um, exaggerated for obvious reasons. There's things that, you know, take a little longer maybe or you've had to wait a little longer or you've kind of wanted things that have uh, just needed more time to develop. And I've admired the fact that you've remained faithful, which doesn't mean you haven't doubted, right? Yeah. But you've remained faithful to God and the community of believers that has surrounded you. So um, I wanted to applaud you for that in front of people. And I wanted people to hear um, that you are, in my opinion, an amazing man of God who has navigated some very difficult waters. And so um, one of the things I'd like to ask you is when you think about other people that are out there in the world that are listening to this or watching this, um, what is something you would say to them that would be like a, a piece of advice that you would give them if they're waiting on God or they're struggling with understanding God's timing and his purpose for their life? What would you kind of share with them? I would tell them to, um, and, and we'll get into this, um, I'm sure a little bit later, but um, to draw on the things that God has come through for you with in the, in the past. Um, and I know the, the, um, the verse I have in mind, and I don't have the exact wording in front of me, it's out of Psalm 77, and it's verses 10 through 12 that talk about appealing to the right hand of the, um, appealing to the um, years of the right hand of God, which basically refers to um, looking back on what God has done for you in the past. And with that, having every assurance that how he may come through for you um, in what you're currently struggling with may not be the way you would like him to, but just resting in the fact that um, knowing he will at the end of the day. It may not be um, something that you're even thinking about in terms of that answered prayer, but just knowing that he will. Now, truth be told, I threw you a little bit of a curveball because that was not intended to be asked of you at this point. Okay. And so his response there is about as genuine as it can get. And so I want you to take that to heart because I believe it to be true. And I believe it's been a big thing for you, specifically for you when you do look back, because I think that's great advice. When you do look back, what have been some of the clear markers for you as you've grown and developed and gone through different stages and seasons of life? What have been some of the key things that you 
have seen that God provided uh, in a way that you maybe didn't want, yeah. but it ended up being fantastic. Yeah. Um, the first waiting period in my life was really tied to my uh, education and then my entry into the job market. I graduated in 2004 with a uh, Bachelor of Arts in Education from Oakland University. And when I graduated, the, the job market was quite tight. So I uh, knew that I was going to go back to school and I was thinking about getting involved in counseling. Um, I was going to do the school track for counseling, but I was told that uh, if I didn't have a job with a, a school district um, already, I would have trouble breaking into the um, school counseling realm because a lot of individuals are elevated within their district that they're already a part of. Oh, so okay. I, um, at that point, I realized that I would probably go to the community counseling track instead, meaning, um, not dealing with students in a school counseling fashion with um, planning for schedules and whatnot, but uh, more individualized one-on-one -on -one counseling. Which I would suggest, Adam, is right up your alley. And, and, and I remember back when you did graduate, and I remember, you know, you came to me and you said, just not, I need prayers for a job, I'm trying to find... And then I remember at one point he came to me and let me know he enrolled for his master's degree. Remember yeah. when you did that? Yeah. And you did, and you were slightly excited about it, but I almost, I, I also sensed some disappointment that you were having to go back to school and not be able to transition into the job field yet, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so talk about when you went to your master's program and then, excuse me, what it looked like to move from graduating from your master's then to the to choosing a career and the opportunities that were there for you. Sure. Um, when I um, enrolled in the master's program, it took me about a year and a half um, additionally. So I think at that point, boy, how, how old was I? Um, 26 when I graduated with my master's. Um, and again, even at that point, the, um, the job market wasn't that um, open for me. Um, and... One of my friends from high school um, it, um, was a social worker at the time and talked about the fact that her, um, her place of employment was looking to expand um, job opportunities for individuals with disabilities. And I, I had known this place because I had... Um, actually received services from them in the past. Um, but quite frankly, I was pretty hesitant to put my um, job application in there because I was under the thankfully wrong impression that I would be getting the job based solely on my disability and not um, necessarily the skills I would bring to the table. Um, so I, I think the way I've described it before is I, after, um, oh, a good 16, 18 months, I said to myself, you know what, I don't have better options out there right now, so I'm going to 
even if it isn't um, the job fit that I'm looking for. I'm going to swallow my pride and um, apply to that job. And um, Where are you working now? I am still working <laughs> at the same place. Um, and you love it, right? Yeah, and in fact, my 12-year anniversary is later on this week. So 12 years there yeah, you've been? Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, um, and not <clears throat> only uh, at this job, I've been involved in that mentoring program that I talked about, but I've also I got my additional um, clinical hours for my um, licensed professional counselor certification. So, I mean, the uh, I think my job fit has been a great fit both for the organization and for myself personally. So, very cool, very cool. Yeah. Now, you've given us some clear markers. You're you're graduating, and then having to go back, graduating again, having looking for a job, not finding what you want settling right yeah but then realizing it was the real deal totally um as we've all at some different stage or another have navigated our own lives um i know that at least for me i'll speak right there's times when i'm asking god for something i'm asking him for something specific i mean this dates all the way back to grade school about the specific girl i wanted to square dance with you know sure um in the in the gym right and so um, uh, you know, we've, we've had some, I, I can say I've had some pretty pathetic asks over the years that yeah. have got, but on the other hand, Adam, there's been, um, some significant asks that you've had of God that, uh, that some of us haven't had to ask. Um, you've asked for healing, for example, yeah. physical healing, correct? Yeah. yeah. And so when I look at a request like that, when I think about a request like, helping me understand my education, finishing it up in the way that you would want me to, God. Where are you gonna place me for my job? Where am I gonna live? What's gonna be the best setup for my future bottom line? And yeah. how can you use me? I think it's different when we're asking God for things that we know God might not be okay with, you know, or, or really even care about, right? Like, right. I really wanna get to Cancun when I'm 20 because I know I can drink down there legally um, and I can't here. So, and like, I yeah. really hope God helps make that happen. You know, it's one thing to ask that and not get it and then be like, oh, I kind of see why. Yeah. But you've asked for some pretty pure things. Yeah. And when I think about the struggle in not getting what you want, when you want it, or how you want it, for that matter, yeah. um, I, I think that it brings us to the point where we kind of wonder, is this thing on? Exactly. Is this, is this, uh, this whole thing Jesus said about the counselor coming to me um, and being an advocate for me to the Father? Uh, that the Holy Spirit presents me to him in my requests, um, you know, it, you start to wonder, am I saying the wrong thing or am I, am I not articulating myself appropriately, you know, in order that God would understand what I'm asking yeah. for. Um, there was a moment that you shared with me um, when we prepared for this that I had not known about. Um, it was the first time I had heard about it. And it was a moment that happened here at Faith where somebody spoke to your dad and then you, you had said that your dad had mentioned it, you know, to you a couple of days later. Um, that is right up the alley of this about how, how to talk to God and, and understand what it looks like to wait for God and how um, he hears us. Could you explain that story and tell that to everybody, please? Sure. Um, I don't have my finger on the exact year, but it was either late high school or, or early college where... Uh, 
it had been announced that Faith was having a service for healing, um, either spiritual healing or even um, physical healing with anointing and um, looking at that route. Um, and this um, individual who my, my dad knew um, came up to him a couple weeks before the service and said, hey, I know that we're having this healing service in a couple weeks, and I wonder if you and um, Adam would be interested in it. Um, and then he also um, mentioned that maybe the reason why I hadn't been healed, he mentioned this to my dad, is that um, I wasn't praying the right prayer, using the right words. Um, and I get got to tell you, my dad didn't, um, share that with me right away, but I think a day or two later he did because it's never a, a, a fun conversation to have. Right. But we, um, when he and I and my mom were all processing this, we knew that however well-intentioned that message that the individual was um, putting forth was a lie. But um, we... Um, it was just this heaviness surrounding that interaction and wondering how best to deal with it. So that had to be, as you said, a very difficult thing to hear. Did you guys discern that it wasn't true in that moment or was it a little bit later on that you discovered that? Did somebody say something to you to help you realize that it wasn't something that would be true that if I didn't say the prayer the right way that God's not not hearing me or, oh, I, did, I misunderstood you, Adam. You weren't saying it clearly enough. Like that's how God's responding to you. Right. Was it, did somebody, did somebody clarify that for you? Did somebody, or did somebody reinforce what it is you and your parents discovered that that was a lie? Um, I would say we, we knew <laughs> that it was a lie, but we didn't have the, um, when we were processing it, we didn't have that clear distillation of okay. why it was a lie. And really, um, so, um, so we attended this healing service and somebody was there who's still at faith now. It was actually Pastor Joe. It was before he was Pastor Joe. It was um, while he was still leading the student ministry. Um, and I told him about the troubling interaction that I had with this individual um, or my fa my dad did anyway and Joe said to me that Adam God would never put on his people the burden of having to pray the right prayer for healing um, that um, that that's not e not even part part of the equation and that's really stuck with me for um, these many years, knowing that um, even though I'm not experiencing physical healing um, right now, there, um, this side of eternity, I still have that peace knowing that God is working through me and helping me to accomplish what he would like me to accomplish. And... Um, and trying to um, be the best ambassador of him along the way. And I, I might be going out on a limb here, Adam, but you being willing to come in here and tell your story, um, you being in the position of being a counselor 
for um, physically disabled individuals. Um, I think, and it's hard to say this, to be honest, because I'd rather you have physical healing, as would you, mm -hmm. um, I assume. But because you haven't, I think you've been allowed into certain environments to speak certain truths into people's lives that I'm not so sure you'd be afforded the opportunity. I, I think I've come to terms with that too. I, I think um, when I'm counseling individuals, um, they may see me either in the room or recently virtually through Zoom, <laughs> um, see me and know me as a person with a disability and um, see that I still continue to work for my limitations or challenges. And I think you're right, those people that I counsel probably probably do see, you know what, if um, this guy is managing what he's dealing with, may maybe I can too. And yeah. um, I've also um, been let into um, uh, situations in the counseling relationship where if individuals bring up their faith during the uh, during the session we're, we're free to explore that and express that so I've really had some neat opportunities along that line too that have been really great I think a key part of being there for people as you have experienced here which you said earlier about connected to certain relationships and how that supported and encouraged you. I think being there for people in difficult times, at least, um, empathy is a big um, avenue in which God's love can be communicated. And I think for you to be able to look across the table and say, to some extent, I understand, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of takes a lot of pressure off of certain people. So I really, I personally want to thank you because of knowing your story, knowing you for as long as you have. Um, that you've had plenty of reasons to kind of say enough with you, God, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And you've stuck with God um, as he has with you. Um, he has. Yeah. And because of that, I think there's been quite a number of amazing things that he's accomplished through you. And, and I would suggest he ain't done with you yet at by no means. I hope not. Um, you know, um, when you look uh, forward uh, at your future, do you mind sharing some of your hopes and dreams and, and that with, with the rest of us about what you would like to look forward to in your life? Sure, definitely. Um, I would um, <clears throat> ideally like to be at a place where uh, I could be in a um, significant relationship that would um, culminate in marriage and raise a family. Um, but I also know being on the other side of 40, that may not happen. Um, um, but, um, and with that, I've, and I know you mentioned earlier, Eric, I've never doubted um, God's existence or, or God being there. I've, I've doubted his timetable right. before. Um, and I've thought that out of my personal desire for control i've thought god what's what's really going on here and i've really struggled with not knowing that timetable but i think about the fact that 
he led me through the uh, situation where I've uh, where I was unsure of my employment or education. Um, he also um, we didn't touch on this specifically, but he also worked through my housing situation as well. Oh, that's um, right. Um, I would say around, um, boy, 2012, my parents and I were looking for condos for me to live in, um, but they just weren't, um, weren't a good fit. And privately, I was really concerned that after I moved, I would be further away from my support network and, um, things that were close to me, um. But I would say in the spring of 2013, a house went on the market in my parents' subdivision. Um, That's right. And it um, the floor plan of the house was exactly the same floor plan as my parents. A, a lot of the ranches in the area um, have the classic drop family room where there's yeah. a step down in the, into yeah. the family room. My parents' house um, and this house that went on the market have, have the straight shot from the kitchen into the um, family room with no drop, so it was really easy to make um, any kind of accommodations that we would, would need to make. Um, I live with a roommate who has similar physical needs than I do, and uh, we have caregivers that come in to help us with our personal needs. Um, and <laughs> it's funny um, fearing that I'd be further away from my supports because not only do I live down the street from my parents, um, um, we, although we, we don't get in each other's business too much, and that's a good <laughs> thing, um, I'm actually closer to church than my parents because I'm closer to 17 mile than they are because of my <laughs> um, orientation in the sub. So when I, I think about not only my um, journey with God through my degree and through uh, my housing situation, but also um, the fact that although I'm an only child, I, uh, I uh, have... Um, extended family and friends who would drop everything at a moment's notice to help me if they, they um, got the bat signal that I needed assistance or, <laughs> um, or just the fact that my parents have consistently raised me in a um, loving um, Christian home where they never put a cap um, on their expectations for me. Um, never communicated that to me. I never got the sense that um, that um, something was impossible because of my current situation. Um, when I when I think about the fact that they instilled in me the um, the uh, necessity of regular worship, um, when I I think about um, all of these ways that God has come through for me. Um, I have to step back and think, you know what, maybe, just maybe, God has um, a reason for why he's what I view to be maybe delaying this uh, peace um, 
this relationship piece that I'm looking for in my life. Maybe he's got um, something different in store for me in that area. Or maybe it's just further down the line that I would would like. Um, And I'm not at that situation now where I'm accepting of the fact that I um, never um, have the relationship that I want, but I'm... I think my goal um, for these next years is just to be uh, content and have peace with the fact that God, um, regardless of what my wants and needs are, may have something um, totally different and better in store for me in that area of my life. Well, Adam, I can't thank you enough for uh, being here with us today. And uh, one thing that we uh, had just talked about is the thought of um, asking if you'd be willing to pray uh, for those out there that are listening or watching that are waiting on God, um, because Lord knows that's pretty much all of us uh, to some extent, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you mind closing us in that prayer? Uh, just you don't have to pray it a certain way, right? Um, yeah. But the way that you feel led. Uh, would you please pray for everybody that's out there listening or watching? Sure. Okay. Thank you. Dear Lord, um, we just thank you for who who you are and the situation that you've put us all in um, for the, for those of us who may be looking for um, an opportunity to see you come through in areas of our lives where we're struggling with Lord um, if you could just uh, assure us of your presence and um, remind us of that verse in Psalms where we Think about the uh, ways that you've come through for us in the past and um, that we trust in you um, knowing that that you will um, answer our prayers, whether it be yes, no, or wait. And even when those answers are no or wait, knowing that you have something... um, better in store for us that then we could even imagine at this point and being able to trust in that and believe that in our in our core and just live that out on a daily basis lord and so if you could just give us that assurance in this moment as we um, conclude today and um, take that thought with us um, throughout, throughout our lives all these things we ask in your name Amen. Amen.